Hi everybody, um, you're welcome to this week's episode of the Back to Eden podcast. As always, I'm your host Sharon Takim and I would just like to say again, thank you so much for coming all the time. Thank you so much for engaging. Thank you so much for the feedback. I love hearing from you. I'm so thankful that you take the time to give me feedback and to respond. Thank you so much. So in the interest of full disclosure, I was going to go in a different direction for this particular podcast episode. However, somewhere in the middle, I realized that it was really hard for me to make that particular episode. So I'm still going to do it. I just probably will not be launching that this week. Um, but uh, by the time I am, I will definitely reference it and say this is the one I was running away from. Uh, yes, I realized that uh, you can tell yourself that you are being open and vulnerable, but there's some things that belatedly you realize are not as easy to be open and vulnerable about, and, and that's okay right um you give yourself as much time as you need you don't need to prove anything in terms of healing sometimes you're healed but you're just not in a place where you can talk about the things you've experienced just yet and that's all right so having gotten that out of the way this week's episode is focused on divine timing um done an episode i think two weeks two episodes back the episode was called god when and it talked about specifically relationships and um, the tendency to see what is happening in other people's life as an indication that there is something lacking in yours and i think we've spoken enough about it i don't i don't know that we need to go into all of that again so i i won't um if you haven't listened if this is your first time you're welcome you should listen to that one it's really good if i do say so myself <laughs> um but i really just wanted to talk about timing for a second um so many times in life and this would be probably heavily biblical um because what came to my heart as I was thinking about this topic were certain um, instances in the Bible and I would just like to explore with you I'm not saying that I'm an authority or I understand it in full detail because I don't I still also have a lot of questions so basically this is us going on this journey together Um, and it started with questions in my heart like why is it that for some people things just seem to happen you know in a way if we were to describe it according to the time of life um, if you were born in my generation um, you would have probably heard your parents say okay the path is you go to school primary school secondary school you get into the university if your parents had high dreams they'll say you study either medicine or accounting blah 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 then you graduate, you go for your NYSC, and then you get a job. And-
then you get a job after a year or two you get married and then you start your life in quotes meaning you do all of this and by 23 24 you're supposed to have hit your equilibrium so to speak so there you're just continuing to grow and to build and of course they meant well they wanted what was best and i feel like it was a product of their experiences where they were born and raised at a time where there wasn't as much competition in the sense of the world that we live in now where if you finish school the government was probably gonna get give you a job um, there weren't as many skilled people um, the world was completely different so it's okay for them to think that but what happens when it feels like your life doesn't fall into the stereotypical path that others take and um, this is also going to be an open it probably might not be as vulnerable but it's going to be an open episode definitely so i'll start with my own personal experience and how it feels like everything in my life just decided not to follow the regular or the routine and so let's start with school so i technically started school when i was four years old i remember going to nursery one at four um that was interesting because um you know most people especially if your parents are living in lagos you you from six months you're already in crash and then you go from you know crash then you go into maybe play group please to do play group um now we have Montessori, ETC, all of that. But then there's not everyone. Then you finish nursery school, you go to primary school, then you do secondary school and university. So for me, I started primary one at four years old. And I didn't do primary two. They double promoted me to primary one. So at five, I was in primary one then they double promoted me again from primary one to primary three so then i was five um i went from primary three to primary four that was six then some four five six something like that chat but not you want to primary one four to five primary one to primary three five to six primary three to primary four six to seven yes that's correct and then um i remember my headmaster so growing up um i was called a different name that's another interesting story but somewhere just before i got into just two thereabouts my father decided to change our surname so the surname i bear is not a family surname it's my father's name that we now bear as his surname he still bears his surname right so that's by the way um so if you so we were like me when i was a child call me completely different a completely different name now what does i know me now know me as um so so from primary four my headmaster now goes to meet my father and tells him look we're wasting this girl's time uh you should send her to dress one let her write common entrance let's see how she does and if she does well she can go i didn't read i wasn't serious <laughs> i didn't um i'll come back to that 
that actually. I, I wasn't trying. That's the truth. I wasn't trying. So I ended up writing Common Entrance from Primary 4 and I got like 495. Remember, I didn't read. It was over 600 at the time. I got 495, you know. Um, but then my dad wanted me to go to Queen's College. But Queen's College said, this this child is a baby. We, we can't have her here. So I ended up going to African Church Model College for my just one. Um, interestingly, I was now in the same class with my elder brother. He's older than me by two years. So we went to just one together. Then um, in just two, I remember that I had a very bad bullying experience in just one where okay so I, I think I got homesick at some point I was tired I was stressed I mean I was a I was a, I was a baby if you want to put it that way and I wanted to go home and African Church Model College was at if Ifako I didn't know where I was going I collected my pocket money for the day and then I took a bus to Ogwa and at Ogwa I was lost slash stranded um, but our head boy was a day student and he saw me in a way like where are you going i think he he understood that i was trying to find my way home even though i didn't know my way home at the time and then he took me back to school and he took me to the principal and the principal was a very kind man and he then asked for a house mistress to come get me and take me back to the hostel now there were two house mistresses there was one that my father had built a relationship such connection with so she was keeping my pocket money and eating more than half of it not giving me uh, she was um she was one with my cartons of indomie and satins and she used to cook so if i wanted noodles i would go meet her and she would cook it and give me then there was another one so the one that i knew was not around i can't remember their names just now but there's no point i'm not gonna say um and then um, so i'm giving you guys premium gist this is not just you find anywhere else so they didn't find my own like guardian house mistress they found the other one and then she took me back to the hostel and i remember that the reason why i was feeling particularly homesick at the time was that my if I recall correctly, every week my first brother, not my immediate elder brother, so I have three brothers, my first brother would come see me. Um, he would just bring something small, maybe like chicken and pickle, just something every weekend. And I didn't see him, like he didn't come for like a weekend or two. Um, I feel like it was also around that time that the Ikeja blast happened. We thought it was a bomb blast at the Ikeja cantonment so i was really feeling disconnected and i was you know i wasn't seeing anybody at the time there weren't like phones in the way that they are now if you want to call i think it was 15 hours per minute at that time and then you have to even find someone that has a phone and all of that um so i wasn't hearing from home in the way that i was used to and for a child as young as i was it was it was all the more real and scary and all of that so that's why i decided to go <laughs> and then so this other house mistress now came and i i feel like it was beef because she saw the way my dad used to you know give the other house mistress you know money and stuff and things because 
I, I was not a child that liked to eat. I didn't like food. So my house mistress would end up having access to everything that my father bought because I, I would hardly want any of that. So I feel like it was on the strength of that beef. Now went and she flogged as she didn't just beat me, she beat like my back, like she beat me up, like she beat me. So and you can imagine I'm quite fair. So you can imagine a very fair, very scrawny tiny child beating like they had stolen something. And beat me like my entire back was gone. I was, I think I was just, it, it, that kind of experience was foreign to me, right? Not not that I hadn't been like beaten or disciplined, but in that manner, from someone I barely knew that I didn't know what I did to deserve that level of rage, right? So long story short, I felt sick. I didn't just fall sick, like my nervous system shut down. I couldn't feel anything. Like if you pinched me, I, I just was not moving. I was not. Um, why did I tell all this long story? I told this long story to say that by the end of just one, my father decided to take me away from African church because uh, because of that experience with that housemistress. So um, yes, so long story short, they had to call my dad. His number was not going. Um, I left a voicemail voice for him and then he eventually came to get me and then they were like, you're not going back there. Then just to, I then started just to at Babcock University High School and I did that for two years. Now remember I was seven, so I'm born in December. I was born in December and school starts in September. So when I was seven in just one, I was seven years and nine months, right? And then by December, the end of first term, I was clocking eight, but I was in just one at the time. So just two, I was eight. Um, Babcock High School, I was there for two years. I still remember at them everything. Just two and three. Then for some reason, in SS1, my dad decided he wanted me closer to home and to be a day student. So I only remember because one day a former a former classmate of mine reached out to me on Facebook and he was like, I remember you, you're the one that was 10 years old in SS1. Like, until that time, it didn't occur to me that I was literally that young, right? And um, yes, so just two, just three, then SS1, I was a day student. So I did one term in a particular school. That was where my classmate reached out from. and. At the end of first term, what they used to do in that school was they allowed you to explore um, science class, arts class, commercial class, all of that. And then at the end, you decided where you wanted to focus. So by second term, you started to streamline a bit more into each of those expressions. So I've always liked to read. At the time, I was so much irregular at the public library near my house that they didn't to ask me for ID again. They knew that if I took a book, I would bring it back because I would I, I used to crave books like that was my addiction that was my obsession uh, so in fact from school most times I'll just go and I'll, if you were looking for me you would find me the library if my dad was leaving the house and I'd already gone to the library he knew that he'd just drop the key for me at the library so that when it was time I'd like go home I'll just take the key from the front desk and go back home 
So I decided I like to read. Um, I like the thought processes that come out of studying. I love how my imagination. I mean, and as a child, so you know, children can say a million things. So when I was younger, I had read Ben Carson's Think Big, and I had in that zeal said, "Oh, I want to be a neurosurgeon." I didn't want to be a neurosurgeon. I don't want to be a neurosurgeon. Medicine is not a field that I was made for. I I cannot stand blood. I have too much empathy. If you cry near me, I will weep more than you. If if you're bleeding, I will feel it as if I'm the one that was caught and all of that. So, but um, my dad seemed to be stuck on the. She must study neurosurgery, medicine and surgery. You know, neurosurgery, blah blah blah. So when I went back home at the end of first time and I said, oh, I want to go back, I want to be in arts class so that I can read, I may even become a lawyer, my dad is a lawyer and everything. And the reaction was very extreme in my young mind. And my dad was like, you're not serious with your life, blah, blah, blah. And long story short, he made me resume in another school in second term in GS3. So remember, I was 10 in SS1. I had done first term, then second term, and I had to do just three. So I did just three twice. I remember I had said I was my brother's classmate. So now he was a year above me because he didn't have that. He wasn't held back, right? So long story short, I finished second school at 14. Initially, I was going to finish at 13. I'm going somewhere with this long story, pardon me. Um, so I finished at 14. Um, I would have finished at 13 if I hadn't been held back a year, but I did the remaining four years. That's just three, second term again, um, just three, third term, SS1, second term, SS1, first term again. I did all of that to SS3 in a particular school, so I finished. So, in summary, I went to four different secondary schools in the space of seven years. Now, I was still very young when I finished, I was 14. And because people knew me as, you know, like the really smart kid, I feel like my dad um, also, in fact, I had something very interesting happen to me when I was preparing for my WAIEC. I feel like I'm speaking fast, I'm sorry. Um, so while I was preparing for my WAIEC, um, I was reading and I decided to take a candle, I put it on a custard container, while I was reading, I slept off and my bed started burning. So at 14, I was in a fire incident um, that burnt everything. My books, my uniform, and the doctor told my dad that it was a miracle that I survived because usually when a fire starts, it produces fumes and that fumes make pe- makes the pe- person or people in there sleep until by the time they wake up, they're almost completely gone, if not gone. I escaped without a scratch. Um, so I finished SS3 at 14 and then I, for some reason, I didn't get into school immediately. Um, my brother spent a year at home and then got into school to study accounting. I, my dad kept saying medicine and surgery because you know he took me back to just three so I could go to science class and I did the science class because it was obviously a battle I was not going to win and um, so first year medicine and surgery hit their cut off no admission second year medicine and surgery 
if you cut off no admission Third year, my father wakes up and says, your brother is studying accounting, accounting is good, blah, 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 put in accounting for your job. <laughs> now, this was interesting because if you understand how O-levels work, what you study in your O-levels determines largely what you can study in uni. And I tried to explain that it wasn't working, so as the obedient child I am, I put in accounting for my third year. <laughs> um, I hit their cut off again, but they didn't give me admission. And by the fourth year, my dad wanted me to put accounting again to the point of wanting to enroll me in a private uni if that would um, make it easier. And for the first time in my life, I stood my ground and said, I am not going to do it. It was a big fight. Um, everybody this child is defying me you don't know what you're doing with your life blah 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 long story short at the time that was um, one of my earliest recollections of having an encounter with the Holy Spirit so at the time you know I'd been at home right so my younger sister was in boarding house um, her study was not as accelerated as mine um, or my brother's my brother was in uni, so I was the only one at home for the most part. And I told God, God, if I stay in this house one more year, I'm going to perish. You better do something. Um, so I remember I picked up a magazine, and there was this lady called Dorothy Atake, and she was a geophysicist. I like geography, fairly good at physics. And I said, you know what, I'm going to be a geophysics physicist. And that year i studied the brochure for uniland because that's the school that my brother went so my father wanted me to be there and i checked there was no geophysics and i was looking at like hmm, okay urban and regional planning seems similar because it has like the basis in geography the statistics it just seemed like a good idea it wasn't something i had seen anyone studying and so i ended up feeling urban and regional planning in my jam for that year my dad was livid. Well, long story short, that was the year I then got into school. My name was number four on the admissions list. No conversations with anybody, nothing of that nature. I got into school finally. Now, remember that I had finished secondary school at 14, but I ended up going to uni at 17 because I'd written down four times, which means I spent three years at home for no reason. In retrospect and in hindsight, I would say that those years were very good for me because um, I was in many ways still a child. I don't know that I would have survived the environment of university if I hadn't had those three years at home. Very naive, very idealistic because my life was consumed by books, so I thought the world worked that way. Um, I also needed that time to really get into the Holy Spirit and you know begin to know him and seek him and everything. Of course when I got into school there were lots of pressures and you know different distractions which usually happens and in a quite secular environment like Uniland if you don't find your footing immediately it's easy to get sidetracked. Now for me of course you can't you can't run. If God has held you, God has held you. You can 
try when you come back home, right? So um, 100 level was just a learning experience. But I said all this to say, obviously you can already tell that my life did not follow the regular pattern of time that we know it to be. And um, so by final year, um, I had had an issue in my 400 level um, with my stylus. It was a registration thing. We kept going to stylus. It was a friend of mine. I actually met one of my friends that uh, I think I mentioned him in the first episode where I said he needs to start his podcast. That's how we met. We both had the same registration issue with stylus. We're going to stylus office every day. They didn't fix it. So I ended up getting a free extra year for no reason because of silence now to give you some perspective my finishing my 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 gpa for final year like my last semester was 5.0 the one before that was 4.5 i got all a's except for my um what's it called my project and because my project um supervisor had told me by himself he had said it in europe i understood europe he said like he had already said that it was going to frustrate me. So that was the only reason for my final. So my, you know, sideways doing it again was 5.0. But my final semester was 4.5. I had only one C. It had gotten to like towards the later years in school. I need to check my results. My classmates would come and tell me, ah, uh-uh, ah, you got 88 in Ilechuku's course. I said, of course, that's what I started <laughs> Um, So I, I was, I didn't like really need to try. Um, So that's just a bit of perspective so imagine having an extra year knowing that you're more than capable of you know doing very well and it was just very interesting so um so i got a free extra year interestingly when i was gonna finish that extra year i kept asking god um at the time i was like lord so it was around that time i started writing more on my blog i've been writing quite a bit you can still find a good number of them um, on my blog is linked in my i think it's linked in, in this um the bio for the podcast um it's bonnet b-o-n-n-e writes w-r-i-t-e-s dot wordpress.com uh so i, I was just enjoying a like extreme level of intimacy with spirit had started like so um i finished officially 2016 it had started like the end of 2014 into 2015 the whole of 2015 the whole of 20 in fact while i was final year i knew when the because i've been praying for a solution for the extra year i knew when it was settled slash certain that i was gonna have that actually that's that's how close i was there was nothing much that was like hidden from me i was hearing things i was seeing i was receiving insights i was just in like very close fellowship so i've been asking god at that time i was now learning to completely surrender my will and my desires to the holy spirit so i've been praying and asking god where do you want me to do my my silence? Where do you want me to um, finish this extra year? Um, what company? What organization? It never occurred to me that I would hear like 
actually 2017 because you know it was the extra year was actually an extra semester but cybert is only in second semester so it translated automatically to an extra year so that second um while first semester was going on was when i was praying and saying lord um by july ish i will need to do my it so where do you want me to go do it and sometime in march he then says um, go to kaduna i'd never been okay no i had been once to kaduna we had had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to southern kaduna so my first experience of kaduna was southern kaduna and we had gone on a mission trip and it was just ah, an incredible experience so when he said kaduna i i don't know that i processed it properly but then i was like duh if you want me to go you know that first because at the time i was really working on like my relationship with my dad especially and i was like i don't want to fight this man again <laughs> like if you know that that's what you want to happen you have to like he has to release me and you know you have to make everything happen in terms of why i'm going to do my it all of that it just needs to be sorted because i don't have energy to shout right and truth is work he he worked everything out like amazingly um i had met a minister of the gospel at an event called the mantle of deborah sometime i think beginning of the year or like december of the last year something and you know so i've been learning from him and growing and then um he then says one time he just says um i'm having a program in Zaria, if you can make it to Zaria, and I was like, wow, okay. And from March of 2017 to June, I was carrying out a research in Lagos for an organization I've been working with since my uh, 200 level in school, and they said we're gonna, you know, validate and present our research findings in July in um, Abuja. So at the time I didn't now I'm, I promise you I'm going somewhere with this very long story. Um so I didn't like really know anyone in Kaduna, but I said okay, it's an opportunity for me to just go to Kaduna. And a colleague of mine had done the research in Kaduna, he was serving in Kaduna, he wanted to go to Lagos, I wanted to go to um KD. So they organized our flights, but I told them, you know what? Don't do a return ticket for me. Do a flight going to Abuja. Then I will go with the Kaduna guys back to Kaduna. While he came to Kaduna and then did a flight to... He came to Abuja from Kaduna and then did a, took a flight to Lagos. So it balanced out. It was even and everything. I just randomly told one of my family friends that, okay, here's situation. Here's what I'm feeling. I really want to just go for a meeting in um, Kaduna in Zaria specifically before I go um, back to Lagos and then he says oh, okay I actually schooled in ABU I studied veterinary medicine there's this um, boy I used to be his lesson teacher just call him and then I called the person he um, worked it out so that I had you know a place to stay for that weekend um, and then interestingly I met his girlfriend and his girlfriend had studied the course that I studied urban and regional planning and then I explained oh I'm trying to find a place for my IT 
And then she says, oh, I actually have a friend here, set up a, a firm now, he's inside ABU, um, let's have a conversation with him. And I kid you not, in a weekend, because I wanted to attend a program in Zaria, I went for the program, uh, I met a particular lady there through um, that minister, and then, okay, so he, he called us his daughter, so I was his daughter, she was his daughter as well. And then he said, oh, meet my other daughter. And then I said, okay, you know what, I, I might be coming back to Zaria. I might need a place. Do you have any agents? She introduced me to an agent. So in a weekend, where I was going to do my IT was sorted. Where I was going to stay was also sorted. Like magic. Uh, I think sometimes when God's hand is in something, it just becomes easy. And that's how I then went to Zaria. So I thought I was going to be there for six months, like to the end of my IT, and I ex- enjoyed the experience. I mean, if you know Zaria at the time, Koinonia was happening, so I was enjoying every weekend. I was just, the atmosphere was fantastic and all of that. Um, so at the end of six months, I then say, okay, okay, daddy, we're ready. Let's go back to Lagos. What's the next thing? So I went to Lagos to greet my, my dad, and actually was coming back, and then God says, you're going back. I'm like, I don't understand. Well, long story short, um, by January, I went back. But then the question was, so what am I now doing here? Because I finished my IT, right? And he's like, no, I just need you here for now. Continue what you were doing. Continue praying, continue growing. Another thing that happened was with my IT. So, you know, I had gotten a place. But I wasn't doing much. So at some point, I wasn't going. I was spending all my time praying and soaking. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It's when it is. So at the end, you know the way um, supervisors will come and they want to check your logbook and everything. My logbook was empty. So I had been planning to just like write whatever, whatever, whatever and fill up the logbook and submit it. Then we had one case we see it happened in this November of 2017. To go for that crusade, like the viewing, I went to the viewing center, it was my church at the time in Zaria. And then Apostle Daniel Kolenda was speaking and he talked about restitution and doing what was right. And I knew in my heart that I was not going to submit that logbook because I couldn't lie in it. And I was like, Are you kidding me? I literally just had an extra year because of this thing. You're telling me that I need to take the risk again of another extra year like do you understand what this means to my life and my future but um in the end i didn't feel the logbook right and i came back to lagos i think i submitted everything else that i could but i never submitted the logbook long story short i don't know how but i got an a but at the time i was prepared to get another extra year if that's what it came to just in a little bit of the spirit so I came back to um, Zaria, I was in Zaria, then I was preparing for NYSC. And while I was waiting, they opened up School of Ministry and I'm like, okay, awesome. Maybe this is why God said I should come back. So I enrolled, I started, I was enjoying the classes. Then sometime in July, I now faced a crossroads. Now, this is probably the crux of the whole story. <laughs> and um, my crossroads was, I had three things in front of me. I'd seen um, a flyer for Teach for Nigeria. My NYSC posting was out. I'd been posted to River State. And I was in school of ministry. 
and I have these three choices and you need to like pick one because they were all gonna happen at the same time the time for the camp so I've been accepted to teach for Nigeria at this time but the camp was going to be from July to August um, NYSC camp was also going to be in July I think that was batch B or something I don't know what child July then um, school of ministry and the leadership had told me um, we understand your predicament but you if you miss an entire course there are five courses so if you miss an entire course you can't write exams and you can't graduate and being away for four weeks would mean I would definitely miss a whole course so I'm now like okay so what am I going to do of course my my parents wanted me to go to NYC because it's the order of things you finish school you do NYC that's what makes sense right and then um, I wanted to finish school of ministry because I now had this thing where I was really desperate to complete things that I had started because it felt like oh you know um, you hadn't completed school at the time for nursery school you didn't complete nursery school because you jumped you didn't complete primary school because you jumped and it just felt like I needed to complete so I, like I needed to graduate from something then teach for Nigeria was there and I explained to them NYC and they were like oh actually you can go for your camp maybe you just apply again next year and all that and in that moment i sat down and i prayed and i made the choice to go for the teach for nigeria camp and um, it means that long story short came back um, did my nyc no started so i watched my school of ministry classmates graduate and you write exams so the next year I registered again. Now this time I was a teacher for Nigeria fellow, and um, I'd started, you know, working with the organization, teaching in a school. And at some point, I'll just ask myself, was it really worth it? You know, the why didn't you just wait? Why didn't you just go for NYC? Sometime in November of that same year, 2018, I now went for my NYC, and um, I was posted to. Just, but they allowed me relocate. I did not lie on my don't don't lie. Remember, I talked about restitution. Maybe that's for somebody where don't do what everyone else does just because it's the easiest way out. So I didn't do my so I so they relocated me. Long story short, I will share what happened with the relocation subsequently. But this is not that episode. Um, I then came back. I finished my. So I started NYC in November, COVID hit. I started NYC in November of 2019 actually. So 2018, Teach One started around July. Um, 2019, I started school of again. But I made sure that I was going to finish first. Then I went for my NYC in 2019 after finishing in 2017, December. And after my actual colleagues in school, my classmates finished in 2016 and they had already served and were done by 2017. So now this one was first you were delayed, you know, life happened by a year, then you delayed yourself again by another two years. My my father just thought this girl is insane. I don't know what I don't even know what to do with her again. Funny thing that now happened was 
I was starting to get stressed because the school where they posted me for NYC was different from my teachable Nigeria school. I'd hoped to be able to be posted to that school I had requested. It wasn't accepted. So I was lagging and trying to like mix everything together. It was just very complicated for me. And then somewhere in 2020, COVID now got serious. And Cardona State was one of the first to shut down schools. January of 2019 was when, mm, January of 2020 was when the federal government now said we're changing your allowance from 198 to 33,000. <laughs> so it didn't happen. So a friend of mine was not telling me that. Why is it that it's when you decide to sell that they now change the allowance? I said, what can I say? You know. Uh, so I ended up. Finishing Teach for Nigeria during a lockdown. Um, I wasn't doing anything for NYC because schools were closed, so I wasn't going to school. They were just paying me. And then that's how that year finished 2020. Came back to Lagos for a bit. 2021, got into the Cashman Brand Fellowship. Um, at, at 2022, got offered a role as a special assistant to the governor. Into 2023, 2023, I made the decision to move back to Lagos. And here we are now. Now, I just told that story for a small part of my life, which is my education slash work life and the decisions I made. So if you look at it, at first it looked like I was, I had what we would call speed. And I was jumping classes and I was, you know, doing very well, finishing school very early, being called a prodigy, etc. Meanwhile, after the fire incident, because, you know, my books got burned, I didn't get enough people to burn me their books to copy notes because you know it was close to white i still finished white i had two a's the rest were b's and i had one c4 in english right so that's how much i passed even though i didn't have access to the resources i needed uh, so you are known as that girl that's you know sharp sharp she's very smart she's every everything and then for three years you don't get into school and it makes no sense at the time it made no sense because you're hitting your what's it called cutoff marks why are they not just giving you without any explanation um, what really is going on doesn't that like delay then you now finish you now have an extra year it's now another realm of delay and this one I prayed and I talked to God and I knew the moment he told me we're going to do this again but what you've done is you've sure that nobody in your house would ever have any school related issues again like your prayer worked just didn't work for you <laughs> right and then now you go to do your you finish instead of you to do your advice you say you want to go for teach for nigeria what's wrong with applying next year should i shock you since 2018 where we started and 2020 when we finished there has never been another teach for nigeria cohort in kaduna state in fact it's something i'm working on to set up teach for nigeria in kaduna state as we speak right so there was not going to be a next year i didn't know that at the time i just knew that that's how i felt like i should imagine how i got a place to do my it imagine how god showed me mercy and i didn't need to do it again 
even though I didn't submit my logbook and I got an A. Imagine all of these things working in the background and you have no idea what's going on. From Teach for Nigeria, Teach for Nigeria was what my experience with Teach for Nigeria was what got me into the Kashmir Brand Fellowship. And my performance at the fellowship was what enabled me um, become a special assistant. Now, if I had not done Teach for Nigeria, I would not have many of the things that I have now. I would not be able to do many of the things I'm doing now. Um, two out of three of my travels were Teach for Nigeria slash Teach for All related. Um, the third one was KIF, but it was because of the work I had done in education in Kaduna State that I qualified, kind of. I don't know what the criteria was. I mean, I know, but I feel like that was an advantage that I had that made me um, qualified enough to be amongst the 24 of us that we selected. Now, if I did not do KIF the year that I did it, they only had one more cohort afterwards, and then for now it's like on hold and everything. Now I said all this to say, this very long story, that one scripture, let me, let me put it this way, when I was asking God, why can't my own just be normal? Like, can I just have a regular, normal life? I don't understand why it has to be up today and down tomorrow and go here this year and come back this this year do this do that and everything is just mixing together and it feels like even in the times where i felt like i made a mis- misstep or a mistake somehow they were just aligning and orchestrating to build a picture that god is painting i have no idea what he's doing but he's doing it i didn't know that teach for nigeria was not going to come back to cardinal state i didn't know that nyc was going to increase allowing i didn't know that covid was coming i didn't know any of these things and the scripture that god gave me and i call it my life scripture the scripture that says for as many is in romans 8 for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god so how do you know you're a son of god many times your life may not follow the usual pattern this is not to say that God is not leading you if your life goes in that particular pattern, like the regular, God uses that as well. But the scripture that he gave me that gave me comfort and explained the things that were happening to me was, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The key is to be led by the Spirit of God. There are many things I thought would have happened in my life by now that have not happened. But for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. There are many things that have happened that I did not expect to happen. But for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, when you now look at this trajectory and you look through the Bible, here is where the question on divine timing now comes and it's like why is it that um, Abraham had Isaac at a hundred now I think I don't I feel like he was in the later part of his years it almost felt like everything humanly possible had to fail before he could rely fully and wholly on God um, you know in 
Hebrews, it says, he considered not his body now dead, right? So he felt like his body had to die before he was able to believe God for a son from Sarah. In his earlier years, like his 70s, 80s, he still had strength, he still had vigor, and that's why he was able to impregnate Hagar. But he felt like at that time, he was like a dumb, dumb, dumb. Even Sarah didn't believe at that time. So was it possible that he would have had Isaac earlier if he had been able to consider not earlier? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But then I also thought about the story of Abraham. When God, when Abraham was asking God for a child and basically asking God to fulfill the promises that he had made to him, what was God's response? God told him, you know, sacrifice it, but we'll split it in two sacrifice birds and then God now comes and Abraham falls into a trance and God now tells him your people will be in bondage for 400 years Abraham was the friend of God why was it 400 years why couldn't he ne- he, he negotiated for Sodom like so he knew he had that skill why was he, he why did he not apply that when God told him that his people will be in captivity for his descendants how is that a promise of a son is it not easier to say i will give you a son and he will have children why would he go into generations after and say your people will be in captivity for 400 years but fear not i will bring them out and all of that i don't know i don't know why god just spoke to him and speak to him in that manner and then they were not in captivity for 400 years they were in captivity for 430 years and I mean, it's been said, and I think I agree that it's because Moses, who had that assignment, went on sabbatical. And so the Israelites suffered 30 years more, probably, than they needed to. And it's like, why did God have to ask Moses to go back? Couldn't he have used someone else? Aaron was right there. Aaron was already in Egypt. Aaron eventually became a priest anyway. So why didn't he use someone more available at the time i don't know and then in our next question of daniel was praying and he said it was when um, the prince Persia withstood gabriel who was coming to give him the message and he said he set his heart to pray because from books he understood that they were supposed to complete 70 years in and then he was seeking his heart to understand what God was saying in that season and then he eventually got the answer and they were not in captivity for 70 years they were in captivity for 67 years meaning by setting his heart to understand he reduced the amount of time that was needed for Israel to go out from captivity and be led back into their own homes and he's like okay so if Daniel could do that why didn't that apply in the situation with the children of Israel? Um, why is it that they couldn't appeal the 40 years? Because he said 40 days of searching the land equals 40 years for you in the wilderness. Uh, nobody contested that. So, um, why is it that it looks like in some situations, some people just move very quickly? They have speed, they have ease, you know. For some people their relationship is we meet today we date for three months in six months we're married end of story 
But for some people, it's like up, down, up, down, down, up, up, down, up, ah, ah. And it's like, can this thing just be And you know that it being straightforward is a possibility. But you've seen it happen for people. So why is that not the case in your case, right? For for instance, with me, like school, I could have said, why couldn't my life just have been simple and straightforward? Why did it have to have all the twists and turns? I don't know. But what I know is, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Um, sometimes. So I think it now begs the question for us to really seek God and say, Father, what are you trying to teach me in this season? What am I not seeing? What do I not know? Is this delay or is this you? Very important questions ask so that you don't wait when you're supposed to be contending and you don't contend when you're supposed to be waiting, right? And then you don't wait aimlessly or mindlessly. You wait preparing yourself. While Abraham was preparing to receive Isaac, he was building an army to the point that they took Lot. He had 300 trained army men in his house that could fight kings and come back with spoil. So he wasn't just waiting aimlessly. He wasn't just waiting. The way we say waiting on God, when we're doing nothing, what are you building in that time? How are you growing in that time? Before David ascended the throne, he had already killed the bear and the lion as a teenager. But he began to build mighty men who came to him, him in Adullam. He began to build the trust and the credibility among the people of Israel so that by the time he when Saul died, David was not immediately king. One of Saul's sons was put on the throne. Then they came to carry David and make him king. Right? So, there is a place of understanding, first of all. You know, the wind blows where it is, that's where it comes from, where it goes. You know it, not such is the way of a man that is of the spirit. So, you understand that if, for instance, I choose to believe that if there is an area of your life that God wants to use to show His glory and manifest Himself, it might not go in the way that it goes for others. And my proof of this is if you look at the Bible, the women that give birth to mighty children on the earth usually um, were preceded, those children were preceded by seasons of barrenness. Um, examples you have Samson, you have Samuel. You have John the Baptist. All three of them, their mothers had the same experience. And God has said, be fruitful and multiply. So it feels like that barrenness has gone going back on his word. Like, um, he's the one that said, it is not good for man to be alone. He's the one that said, um, he's the one that sets the solitary in family. So there are all these many scriptures that tell you, for instance, if it comes to marriage, that God desires for you to be married. God desires for you to be happy and settled. God desires for you to have children. That's his desire. So when that is not happening, and you know that you are doing everything in your own part that should be done, it's a good idea to speak to speak to God and ask him, Father, what are you wanting to build from this? And I may not know, but Father, how? what do you want me to do in this season? How do you want me to appear? How do you want me to align? What do you need me to be doing right now? And that's the crux of the matter. But I want to take away that that fear and that worry that maybe you've missed something or you've missed God. Maybe, for God is God of second chances. He can always restore, right? If that's the case. 
For some people, it's simply not the case. For some people, the stumbling block in your path is God. People seem to think that, yes, there's a place of cause and effect and principles, but God is sovereign over principles. So if you're obeying every principle and it's not working, and you know that you're faithful and you're committed, and you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing and it's not working, then it's time to ask God, God, is there a negative spiritual reason why this is not happening? Or is there a positive spiritual reason why this is not happening? So that you know that if it's delay, you clear it out of the way and enter your season of rest. Or if it's God, you learn what he needs you to learn in that time before he releases you. Because maybe like Moses, he will not let you go back until he sees that you're ready. He needed to take that arrogant young boy that was very well learned in the palace of Pharaoh that was arrogant enough to kill a person and turn him to the meekest man on the earth just maybe so many times if you look at your life and you see things that don't add up ask first is this God or is this delay if it's delay take charge clear it out of the way if you see that you're doing So many of the things that I would um, do are um, to heal your heart, right? To give you comfort and to, you know, tell you in the places where it feels like God is just giving you passports. And I hope that this went some way to helping. And as always, I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to your thoughts. Boy, my life has been very dramatic. I have stories for days. This one is just small. 
so maybe in the coming episodes i will be able to share a bit more and i will do my best to work on the one that was really hard for me to share by god's grace and eventually i would have what i need to be able to get that done thank you for joining me thank you for listening to my very long story i feel like this is one of the longest episodes it's a whole hour but thank you for listening thank you for staying through till the end and i look forward to seeing you